This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. three times by three different people. And that's by design. <laughs> Commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. I thought long and hard about a title for this. Um, my title is this, Proverbs 16 verse 3. It didn't matter what I thought about but it seemed to come back to only one word in that verse, which is Lord, capital L-O-R-N-D, which, as we know, is Yahweh. That's God. Last week, if you can cast your minds back, um, we looked at the vine and the branches in John chapter 15. Um, Here's my little soapbox moment. That's available to download and listen to if you've missed it just on our website if you want, or uh, what you can do is you can go to Apple and you can uh, subscribe to our podcast. (coughs) Nothing? Okay. Um, And then you'd never miss another sermon. I know you get to hear my beautiful voice on your way down to work um, or or your way to the doctors, which you'll probably need if you continue to listen to my dreary, dulcet tones. (laughs) Um, But uh, that's uh, that's the the, plug over, but you're available... uh, Please have a, have a listen, go back and find out. But really this morning, um, I'm moving forward, if you like, from that. Um, and as we grow and mature in our walk with God, we understand from last week that he prunes us, that he tends to us, that if we are doing what the Lord has called us to do, that he still chops bits off of us. Those bits that aren't really that good. Those little bits in our life that need to go. He prunes us. He tends to us. Why? Because he loves us. Isn't that what a good parent does? A good parent continues to pour into their children so that they might grow and mature and become all that they can possibly be. And that's exactly what God does with us. Parenting never stops, I'm told. I can, I can say that's absolutely true, not because mine are old enough to understand that parenting never stops, but I so often go to my mum and dad and I ask just a few questions and I just need to find out and I need a little bit of reassurance. Parenting never ends, does it? And it's exactly the same with God with us, that there are things that just need to be developed in our life and the Lord didn't leave us by ourselves. He gave us the Holy Spirit, didn't he? He left us the counsellor. Jesus said, I go. But, it, but don't worry about that. It's good that I go, because when I go, you'll receive the Holy Spirit. As we put our faith and our trust in him, then we receive the Holy Spirit. Convicts us and helps us, trains us, teaches us. And this is what God is doing in our lives. We want to stay on track. We want to do what God has called us to do. And that means that we have to dig in to what his word is saying to us. And what I've realized over the the past few years is that God works in all situations. Now, you know the verse as well as I do. I will not quote. You will have to take it from memory. But what the key is, is that God works in all things 
And the truth is that that means good and It's tough, isn't it, that? Because God then works in the good, and he also works in the bad. Which means if everything's going to plan, I go like you do, God's in this. But when everything goes wrong, hello, Lord. Because <laughs> you're the same as me, aren't you? Yeah? Just, marginally, closely, something like. But you see, the truth is that God works in all things. So that means the great stuff, the wonderful stuff, but also the not-so-good stuff. As a biblical example, not just Matthew, as a biblical example, being swallowed by a big fish, I don't think that's great. I've thought about it, I've given it consideration, and I thought, I can think of better ways to spend three days. Anybody else? I can think of better ways to spend three days, especially when the fish doesn't like the taste of you and vomits you, and I quote, vomits you up on dry land. I would imagine that's not a great scenario, but... As we read through the word of God and we understand the story of Jonah, we know that even in that horrendous situation, as awful as it was, that God was working for the good of Jonah and for his people. Even in a fish, in a pool of vomit. But then you think, even more than that, I guess even more serious than that, that the Hebrews, the Israelites were taken into captivity, into slavery, for hundreds of years. And God was growing a nation. And you go, how can that be good? And God says, trust me. I will work it for your good. And then, well, here's one for the parents amongst us. Put in your little baby, in a basket, and pushing it into a river that is infested with crocodiles. Not only that, but if you don't do that, the Pharaoh has said he is going to kill your child. So the only option you have to try and save this child's life is to put it in crocodile-infested water. And you think that can't, be, there's no good can come from that. And then if you read on in the story, as we understand Moses, if you read on in the story, I would, first of all, I think the very worst thing happens if you're stood on the bank and you just push that baby out. The Pharaoh's daughter, and I quote the Pharaoh who is going to kill all the firstborn sons, the sons of Israel and of the Israelites because they were getting too numerous. That very Pharaoh, his daughter goes, that's a baby in a basket, bring it in. Can you imagine if you've just pushed that child out? You can't really grasp that, can you? And you think, well, there's nothing good from, can come from that. But of course, God is working in that situation. And the baby is then taken. She takes a liking to him. 
And she passes him back to his mother for her to raise him. How does that happen? Well, that's what God does, isn't it? You see, because God is working for the good. He's doing what needs to be done. Even in the good, the bad, and the not so pretty. His glory is being shown and he is living out or helping us to live out the purposes and plans that he has got for us in our lives. But that's sometimes very, very difficult to grasp, especially when everything isn't so beautiful and rosy. He's doing exactly the same as he did for those people that we've mentioned. He's doing exactly the same with you and me today. Remember, God doesn't change. Listen to this. God does not change, but how we see him does. God does not change, but how we see him does. See, because as we grow, as we mature in him, our view and our understanding of God, the way we see him does. That's natural, isn't it? That naturally as we learn to grow and to love and to trust, that develops over time. How do I know when I first ask the Lord into my heart? How do I know that I can trust him? Well, I read it, but when I experience it for myself, then I start to understand that I can put everything with him because he has got it. But that takes time, doesn't it? And that's maturing in the faith and that's understanding that whatever situation is presented before us, that God has got it. This morning's reading was Proverbs 16 and verse 3. And we've heard it three times. And here it is four times. Here it is again. Commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. Now, when you first read this verse, and if you were, um, I guess, a little bit naive, you could think to yourself, well, it's like a genie in a bottle, this God that you're talking about. If I give the lamp a rub, I'll get whatever I want. Hmm. But that's not the God I worship, you see, because what he's trying to do constantly is make me better. Have you noticed that? At no point does God go, do you know what? You're probably too good. In fact, I think there's a verse somewhere that says there's no one good, not even one. In fact, I know there's a verse. Um, now, listen to this. If we start to just unlock this verse this morning, and we start to just see what this has got to say to us. A proverb which I'm sure you've read before. Commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. There's a subtle yet all-important question in that verse. And it's easy to miss because when you read it, well, I don't really see a question. Do you see a question? You see, when I said to you I've tried to get a title for this, and the only title that I can really get is the word that I've underlined in, on this verse, and, and the word is Lord. And I guess the question is, is this. If we're doing this, let me, let me read the verse again. Commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. The question is this. Who or what is Lord of your life? Who or what is Lord of your life? And when I say Lord, I don't put a capital O, R, and D. We put a small O, R, and D because it's not Yahweh. What is Lord of my life? Or is it L-O-R-D? Is it Yahweh? Is it God? And that's really the question this morning. And in that verse, 
as we see that verse, don't take it as a genie in a bottle. Take it that God's got something to say to you and me today, even though you may have read the verse before. And the truth is that only you and God know the answer to that question. And you'll be doing the same thing as I did when the Lord gave me the question. I'm like, Lord, it's you. It's you. And on Wednesday evening, we sat down and wrote out a list of the things that we rely on. And my list was extensive. And it wasn't until I got to the end of the list that I realized that there's only one thing that I should be reliant upon. Yet I'd written a list. I was the first to finish because my writing's terrible. And I noticed that everybody else was still writing. Doesn't take that long to write, God, does it? But the truth of the matter is that because we're all the same and we're all human beings and we all fall short of the glory of God, we naturally just write. There's so much I rely on. There's so much that you rely on because that's the way that we're wired. But really, we're to put God first in all these things. It's not that we shouldn't go after these things because that's good, but it's the position of where we put these things that's the key. Amen? I feel like you're almost listening this morning. You're so close. It's the position of where we put these things that matter the most. You see, only you and God can answer. But if I was to be brave this morning, I can just give you a list of the usual traps. Just perhaps what I've experienced or what people have, um, have shared with me. Um, you know, we can naturally put a person in that position. That could be a husband or a wife. That could be our children. Um, we can put people into that position. Maybe it's a hobby, something that gives you you time. One of the biggest weapons of the enemy, that. The, one of the biggest weapons of the enemy, and I won't say too much this morning because I'm pretty sure there's a sermon series in that, but you time, it's about me. I'm not so sure. Or maybe it's your job. You know, that is, you know, Without that, everything falls to pieces. Maybe it's the finance that you've got. Maybe it's your fitness, your health. You know, it's anything that takes the number one spot away from God. And the commandments are simple, aren't they? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. He is number one. That's what God tells us. He is number one. And that's what our heart should say. But also, don't just think it's the good stuff. When you look at all those things, you think, well, they're nice things. You know, you can understand how people's mentality shifts and you put too much onto one thing and all of a sudden that becomes the most important thing. Think about the bad stuff. Again, just a list, perhaps not anything to do with you or me even, but rather just a list of the usual things that can take the top spot. Worry. Fear. These can dominate our outlook. Naturally, our health too, whatever position it's in, can dominate our outlook on what life has got for us and what I put first. And also, which is a good thing, but also a bad thing, but also a good thing, but also a bad thing, is our material possessions. Because I understand that if I didn't have a car, it would be very difficult to get to church. It would take me a while. Um, I like to try and be here as early as possible. Um, but it would take me a while, so I'd be setting off really early. So there are things that I know. 
that are, are important. And I'm not trying to take away from that or, or blur your vision whatsoever. But what I am trying to say is that there are things that we can put in the place of God. There's all of those things and there's so much more that can take God's spot. And we come to God, I guess, if we're not careful, just like a, a genie in a bottle, as I've already said. And we say, God, I want this. I need this. I have to have this all. Nobody's ever done that, but I'm saying, you know, that can happen. Okay, right now I've lost you completely. And we expect God to answer our way. We expect God to answer our way. Back to Jonah. You know, he wanted his way. He was adamant that those ungodly, horrible people did not need to hear about God. Because what would God do? He'd only go and save them. And they don't need to know that. So a storm, a dirty great fish, and a few buckets full of vomit later, and Jonah realized that God is Lord of his life. Capital L-O-R-D. He is Lord of his life. God uses even the bad, and he used even the bad with Jonah to get him where he needed to be. What's that saying to you and me today? Because I know, like you, there is, uh, like me, there is a million things happening in your life that I don't know about. There's things happening in my life that you have no idea about. And we just bumble along, don't we, until all of a sudden something has to change. And then when something changes, we're like, this, this can't be good. I liked it the way it was. Maybe you've spent the last 20 years moaning about it. Well, I know, but I'm happy in my moaning. Anybody else get happy in their moaning? Comfortable in the discomfort? Anybody else like that? Or is that just me? You get so comfortable in the discomfort and we spend an entire lifetime moaning about something that we wish would change. And then the moment that it begins to change, it's like, <gasps> Lord, what's happening? I liked to moan. You know, we have to decide whether we trust God enough to put him first. We have to decide whether he's big enough to deal with the stuff in your life and he's big enough to deal with the stuff in your life and he's big enough to deal with the stuff in my life. Is he big enough? Luke 16, verse 13 through 15, tells us how we cannot serve two masters. It's really clear. And the Bible is absolutely clear. God says, put me first. And we go... Well, you're close first. Your joint top. God says, put me first. Because the truth is, we can't serve two masters. Because if it becomes about uh, people or finance or our job or it becomes about possessions, whatever it might be, whether it even comes about our health and our well-being, whatever that we bring as our number one thing, those things take over from God. 
and they take the first spot. And, and what we're doing is we're worrying and we're trying to overcome the issue that's in our life. And what are we not doing? Bringing it to God. What are we not doing? Putting it first. Putting God first in all that we do. What are we not doing? We are completely and utterly doing the opposite to what God has called us to do. The proverb, this one, 16 verse 3, couples with Proverbs 3 verse 5 and 6. It's, it's one of my favorites, and, and I'm sure you're exactly the same. Um, and it says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight, or he will direct your paths, depending on your translation. Now, I've highlighted verse 5 and 6 in my Bible, but there's a word that I have underlined. I've underlined all the alls. I'll say it again. I've underlined all the alls. Why have I done that? Well, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. So what's that saying? Well, that's presuming that we are human beings. And I trust God with 99.9%. That's pretty good. And I'm giving him 92.5% of my entire time. Yet, the proverb is quite clear. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight or he will direct your paths. In other words, again, the same question. Can we trust God enough that he's got it all? Can we trust God enough that he has got it all? Because it shows us that we have to put him first in everything that we do. Always, all of the time. The good and the bad. That we put him first in everything. And if we do, well I believe it shapes our tomorrow. Because you see, we worship a God who is good. Who is full of grace and mercy. And because of that, we know that our God is so faithful and he loves us so much that he's willing to draw under a line under yesterday and for it to be done with. You know, so this morning, we have the opportunity to draw a line under yesterday and say, God, I didn't trust you enough. I have put a thousand things in front of you. Lord, if I think about my life, there are so many other things that I rely on. And really, the only thing that I should be relying on is you. So, Lord, in this moment, would he allow us to just draw a line under yesterday and say, that's done. A line in the sand, done. You know, you may never have asked the Lord into your heart. And this morning, you have an opportunity to draw a line under yesterday and say, Lord, yesterday, I didn't know you. Yesterday, I didn't come to you. Yesterday, I didn't search for you. But this morning, Lord, this morning, I can see that you're the only way. That you love me enough to have given your best for me. And that's Jesus Christ on the cross. Lord, this morning, will you allow me to draw a line under yesterday? Lord, this morning, will you allow me to come before you to say sorry for the sin in my life? And the Bible says, come to me all who are weary and burdened. And I'll give you rest. 
And we have an opportunity this morning to ask the Lord into our heart to say sorry for our sin and to come before him and know then that from this moment on that we are new creations. We can draw a line under and say the old has gone and the new has come. But two, this morning you might be in a position where you felt like you've been going in a spiral for the last 10, 15 years. And you feel like you're just desperate to get out of this moment where so much is happening and you haven't really realized it. But now this morning, perhaps as you see the word of God, that you realize that there's so much that I've put my reliance upon. There's so much that I've thought um, is paramount and that I have to do. But rather what I haven't done is put God first in that. And again, we asked the Lord this morning, Lord, will you allow us to just draw a line under that? That those things that I've put in front of you, those things that I've seen that are so important, that I've said are so important, that I've raised before you, but Lord, I've taken them back. Lord, will you help me to draw a line under that this morning? And will you help me to step forward knowing that you love me, that you want the best for me, that you are a good father, and that because of grace and because of mercy, yesterday can be done with. Romans 8 and verse 28. I wasn't going to quote it. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. If that's the God that you worship this morning, that's the God that we worship this morning. Then let me tell you this, that he loves you. It's clear he wants the best for us. But what we have to do is want the best for us as well. And the best isn't striving and pushing for things that will bring us no glory or gain. But the best is searching after him, putting him first bringing him the glory the bible says if we put him first everything else will fall into place trust in the lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and what is his promise he will make your paths straight is that not what we want yes and amen Father, this morning, as we look at this small proverb, just a few words, we can see, Lord, that you have so much to say to us. And Lord, we ask this morning that you might help us to just bring everything to you. And that, Lord God, that you would indeed be Lord of our lives, that we wouldn't put anything else in front of you, but, Father, that we would put you first. Father, help us to do away with all the stuff that seems to be so important, but, Father, that we would focus on you, knowing that you are big enough, that you are good enough, that you are able to deal with all of that other stuff. And all we have to do, Lord, is put you first. So, Lord, help us and strengthen us. And I pray, Lord, this morning that if there's anybody in here who wants to draw a line under yesterday and wants to come and know you, Lord, and put their faith and their trust in you, that, Father, they would be brave enough this morning 
to ask you into their heart. And two, Lord, as well as we experience life and all the things that it throws at us, I ask, Lord God, that if there's anybody this morning that needs to draw a line under yesterday, that has known you and loved you, but, Father, has, has just taken their eye off the ball, that, Father, that we might pray together and that we could draw a line under yesterday and we could look forward to tomorrow knowing that you are already there. So, Father, bless us now as we again worship together. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.